Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. Point Church. Thanks for joining us online today. We're kicking off a new series, as you saw, on Love Your Neighbor, and it's going to be a couple of months of conversations talking about the kinds of neighbors that we have opportunity to, to love and to share God's truth with. And so I encourage you to be a part of those conversations. We're going to kick off today with a replay of our vision video from last fall. So September, we, we kicked off our emphasis on For Greater Lafayette and uh, with loving our neighbors. And uh, we've got Lots of neighbors that we need to learn how to love and love well. And so we'll have conversations around those and conversations with, with Linda Seiler and, and the DeWitts and, and others. Um, and so it's going to be a weekly conversation of how do we love our neighbors well. Uh, I do hope you were able to participate uh, in our series on Live Whole. If you missed last Sunday, would really like to encourage you to go back and replay that message. You can find it at connectionpointchurch.org with the, uh, the playing your messages on demand. And uh, we were going to play what would have been part four of Dr. Leaf's conversation on how to de detox your brain. Um, but Shelly and I decided to instead just share what does that process look like. So if you missed it, then it's Shelly and I sharing how do we walk through a process partnering with the Holy Spirit to, to allow the Lord to transform our lives. That he, we can uh, partner with the Holy Spirit as he forms Christ in us. So I do encourage you to go back and watch that message. It's, it's a really important one. As the Holy Spirit brings things up in our lives, how do we deal with those things? And that's what it's all about. But what we want to do today is kick off our series on love your neighbors. And just a replay of loving our actual neighbors. Love those neighbors that don't look like you. And then uh, loving our global neighbors. Um, all of those things are important. So let's go ahead, tune into that video. And then I'll come back after that video and, and we'll talk through how do we do that. What's the application today?
think about neighbors, uh, it's, it's so important that we, we love them and not because it's simply a good idea or uh, it's our opinion. Um, what, is, what does our opinion matter in that regard? It, it matters because Jesus makes it so clear for us that love is the defining characteristic of Christianity. Shortly before Jesus goes to the cross, he's having this, this meal with his closest followers, and he tells them, a new command I give you, love. He just made it really clear that love would be the defining characteristic of what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And, and that was really his ongoing message, and, and people knew it. So there was this religious teacher, and, and this is recorded Luke chapter 10, where he's having this interaction, and, and the religious teacher, he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus knows that this guy is smart. I mean, he knows scripture. So he just turns the question around on him. He says, well, what, what do you think? And, and so the religious teacher says, well, and so then he quotes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. He says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then he jumps over to Leviticus and says, you must love your neighbor as yourself. And for him to have put these two thoughts together, he must have already been familiar with the teachings of Jesus. So this wasn't new for him, but that he would blend these two. That was unique to Jesus, that he would tie those two things together of love God, love neighbor. That that's what it was to live in the kingdom and to, to live in the kingdom forever. And so Jesus ties those two things together as what it looks like to live in God's kingdom for all of eternity. But then the religious teacher does one more thing. He says, so then now tell me who is my neighbor and it's it's this funny question because what he's basically saying is so what's like the bare minimum requirements for me to love to be able to enter into eternity uh, so it wasn't like oh who's my neighbor you know how much love could i give it was more like who could i restrict it to and so then jesus he doesn't answer the question directly he he instead shares a story and he shares a story of a man who's on a, this road to Jericho. He gets robbed, beat up. I mean, his, his clothes are even taken. So you can't recognize what ethnicity this, this man is. You don't know even if he's alive. And, and so he's laying on this roadside and a priest comes by and keeps on going. A, a Levite goes by and he, he keeps on going. And then the hero of the story is this Samaritan who comes up on this man. He treats his wounds, he puts him on his donkey, he takes him to an inn so that he can stay and recover. And so then Jesus now asks the religious teacher, so tell me, who was the neighbor to this man? And the religious teacher, he says, the one who showed mercy. So even in the question that Jesus was asked, he turned the question around basically as though to say, you're asking the wrong question. You shouldn't be asking, who is my neighbor? You should be asking the question, who should I be a neighbor to? And so that's the same question for us is, you know, we'll talk through about who our neighbors are. You know, we've got almost different categories we could put them in, but it's really important for us to land on as people who follow Jesus, who am I supposed to be a good neighbor to? I think my mindset has changed a lot um, in the last two or three years. 
I've lived in this neighborhood almost 25 years. And honestly, the number of times that I've talked, there are only 10 people back here. The number of times that I've talked to a few of them over 25 years has pro I could count on one hand. The biggest part is intentionality, uh, just um, making changes, uh, things that may be comfortable for me, but that distance me from um, the people around me and just recognizing those things and uh, identifying opportunities and taking time and just being intentional um, for those encounters. I feel like loving my neighbors is important because I represent God to people and particularly unbelievers. So if I'm acting obnoxious, rude, unforgiving, or cynical, then why would they want to know the Jesus that I know? People that we see on that weekly basis at soccer or school events, you know, we have to think differently on how we interact with them. I, I remember first getting married and we lived in an apartment in Florida and then we moved to the Chicago suburbs. And I can't say I was like an unkind neighbor, but I really made no real effort to get to know my neighbors. Uh, there was an elderly couple that uh, I would help with clearing their driveway in the winter, you know, Chicago winters. But outside of that, I, I couldn't tell you most of my neighbors' names. It, God is longing for us to pray and intercede for the people that live around us. That's, that's, that's the thing that, that has just really revolutionized, revolutionized the way I think and what I do every morning and, and, and um, the pattern of my life. I think going into each day, praying, you know, God, not for a path, an easier path for the day or help me get through the day, but how can I be used um, by you, Jesus? You know, how, how do you want me um, to engage with people around me every day? Um, we realized in loving our neighbors, we really should love our actual neighbors because so often what I found for Christians is oftentimes we say love our neighbor, we just kind of generalize that. But it, it's really not meant to be generalized. Like we really should probably start with our actual neighbors and, and then go from there. It's important. It's very easy to to withdraw into to being and what's comfortable and and um, I really God just challenged me to step out more into uh, it's as simple as um, when I'm when I'm with the kids are out playing be out there with them and, um, and encounter the people that are that come across the street uh, or that come down the street. I, there's just been some really cool encounters just just from that just just really cool God things that um, just ways that you know, just being present and, and being there but things that are um, that are difficult you know I mean difficult and it, but the, the things that were difficult for me are now easier um, but now God's calling into more difficult things you know like things that stretch and I really think that that's that's the heart of the father is is for those around us, but it's also, he wants to, us to know him more intimately. And there's no better way to do that than to step out and and out of your comfort zone and to, and the Holy Spirit's gotta show up in those encounters. Um, 
and and he does you know so each each of those new encounters creates a new holy spirit opportunity you know encounter for me ephesians 429 uh talks about not letting unwholesome talk come from our mouths and only speaking things that build other people up um or that's beneficial to them as christians we're like okay i only say things maybe that build other people up but does that extend to like things that i post on social media um am i being loving in the things that i share on facebook or the messages that i post on twitter um is it beneficial is it building people up or is it just i'm looking for people who agree with me to kind of provide an echo chamber of support for me we are to see people as people he he came to save the the sick and the hurting and he didn't see how much money they had or what they had to offer he wasn't concerned with any of that he just loved people so it's just how do we love our neighbors is really just being merciful loving people that are not like you is really stepping out of your comfort zone and I really believe it's trusting Jesus one of the scriptures out of Matthew uh, I think it's 25 isn't it um, yeah where Jesus says um, you know he separates the sheep from the goats and he tells the sheep um, that you fed me when I was hungry you visited me when I was in prison um, uh, you came to me when I was sick and they said Lord when did we do that and he said you did it when you did it to the least of these my disciples you know if you look at it like that if you look at it that when you're reaching out to those that are in bondage and those that are sick and those that are downtrodden if you look at it like you're really reaching out to Jesus does that change the situation or what and I think it's really interesting in here because he says you did it to these my disciples and I see that almost as a promise that if you reach out to them you're gonna make disciples there you're gonna make disciples there the poor the sick the prisoners they're in God's image they're God's children um, we have to go to them. We just have to. We have to. And not to mention what it does to you. It just it just changes you. tells us, you know, go and make disciples of all nations. So he, he tells us right out of the gates, you know, his, his last command before for leaving is basically love people of all nations and love them well and love them like this by sharing good news. And, and so loving our global neighbors, I actually look at it as an incredible opportunity today. The world is more connected than it's ever been. And so I feel like the opportunity for us to love our global neighbors well, it's before us. The message of Jesus needs to go forward and I need to do all I can to keep global needs at the forefront of my mind. And I need to be praying for the lost around the world and doing all I can to make sure the gospel goes forth. Each different culture, different, uh, different people group is a different, is a different expression of God. And um, it's a different perspective. And I really think that Again, God wants to take us deeper in that relationship and in, in an expression of His love. There's been such a growth in my um, perspective of um, different people. And I, I've still obviously got a long way to go, but 
just being open to that, um, I think has just really broadened my uh, understanding uh, of Jesus in ways that, um, you know, prayer uh, obviously is, is one way, uh, you know, abiding, um, but in, in engaging with others is a whole other way that God wants to um, connect with us. I think that living in this community is really nice because like God has brought the nations here and he has a desire to reach the nations. And if it's God's desire, then it should be our desire. I do feel like we, we, especially in our culture today, it can be tense and we can, as a church, sometimes engage in culture wars. And, and so what that has created is an environment where we as a church can be known for what we're against more than what we are for. And yet you look at the example of God for us in John 3.16, John uh, 3.17, that he loved us so much he sent his son, um, that God is for us. And verse 17, I think we sometimes miss, we don't quote that one oftentimes with it, but he said that he sent his son not to condemn the world, but to save it. And so we really are, are committed to be known more for what we're for than what we're for against. There's this incredible blending of, of grace and truth, but even in truth, that, that truth is love. And so we wanna make sure that as a body, we really display well the good news of who Jesus is and that God sent uh, his son to us. And, and we want our community to know who we are and what we're for. opportunity to display love for our neighbors. I was talking with a church member about a week or two ago and, and he was expressing how they'd lived in their neighborhood for uh, about a, a year or two, but it really had just been in the last several months that they really got to know all of their neighbors. And of course the shelter in place I think provided a bit of an environment for lots of peeper, people, <laughs> peeper, <laughs> people to get to know their neighbors. And um, I hope that that was the case for you as well. And and so what we want to do as we walk through the series is really place an emphasis this summer on what can we do to display a love of our neighbors, to, to share hope with them. Because people are really looking for hope, and, and we have that. And, and so we had compiled a document uh, on ways to share hope. If you go to connectionpointchurch.org, 
and you go to, there were sections on connect and give and pray and love. And in the love section, there's a, a document we compiled on. Here's some simple ways to share hope. And so there's 16 different things listed there. And, and what I'd like for you to do as application of this message this week is to go through that document. And it's likely you're probably doing maybe a couple of the things on that document already. And, and that's wonderful. And what we'd like to, to encourage you to do is to choose one more. That if we collectively, uh, as, as part of Connection Point Church, all choose one more way to share hope, how much more could we take a step forward and, and advance God's kingdom in the greater Lafayette area? So that's what I'd love for you to do. And I'd love for you in your small groups. You know, all of you should be uh, connected with a small group. And I'd love for that to be a bit of a conversation this week of, of what's uh, a way that the Lord is impressing upon you to share hope this summer. So just choose one. Uh, it'd be really hard to do all 16 of those items. Um, but if you could choose one more that you're not already doing, how much could we advance God's kingdom this summer? And, and there's two I'd like to highlight in particular. And uh, the one is everything starts in prayer. Everything. And, and so one of the options on there is multiplying extraordinary prayer. And a very, very simple way for you to get to know your neighbors and then pray for your neighbors is through something called Bless Every Home. It's a, it's a website where you can sign up to be a light in your neighborhood. And then what happens is as you sign up, then you have access to a neighborhood map. And on that neighborhood map are all of your neighbors. You know, that's actually public domain information of who your neighbors are. So maybe you don't know your neighbor's names, but if you sign up at Bless Every Home, you're going to know them all by name. And then it gives you options there of praying for, caring for, and, and just ways for you to keep track of how am I doing and expressing uh, love toward my neighbors. So I would love to encourage you to, to be praying for your neighbors. If that's not something you're already doing, maybe that's your one more. Start praying for your neighbors because everything will come out of that. Uh, a very simple way that as you sign up for that, what happens is Monday through Friday, you get a daily email to your email inbox, and it lists about five neighbors that you can pray for, and it gives you a, a daily scripture prayer that you can pray. So it's a very simple way to begin to share hope and, and praying for your neighbors. So that would be one thing. Second thing I'd like to share, uh, because of the conditions of, of this summer and things reopening slowly, we're not able to do mega sports camp this summer. Uh, but what we decided to do instead as a part of this series of loving your neighbors is to equip all of our families who uh, would choose this option of ways to share hope to do a, a backyard, a one-day backyard VBS. It's the equivalent of doing like a kid's birthday party. If you can do a kid's birthday party, you can do a backyard VBS. And so then there's information on, on emailing Pastor Mark at mwhitehead at connectionpointchurch.org with information on how do I do that. We equip you, we give you everything you need to just do a one-day backyard VBS. You could do it in your backyard. You could go do it in a community park. Um, so maybe you don't have a yard to be able to do that. That's okay. There's, there's lots of ways to do that. So the two I'd highlight is, is praying for your neighbors if you're not already doing that. And if you've got the capacity to host a backyard VBS, we'd love to encourage you to do that. And here's one of the great takeaways. If you do a backyard VBS, you have now shared with your neighbors that you're a person of faith. And as questions come up in their lives, they know somebody that they can talk to about that. that that's, a, that's an awesome uh, opportunity for us to be able to be pastors in our neighborhoods. So just would love to encourage you as we walk through the series on loving our neighbors, let's put some feet to that. You know, as we have weekly conversations of loving uh, our neighbors of different races, of loving our neighbors who um, have special needs, of loving our neighbors in need, we, we want to have points of application every week of how can we do that well. And as we begin to do that, 
which is, is for me, it's, it's just fulfilling scripture. What did Jesus say? Love God, love your neighbor. It's Christianity 101. And, and we need to be able to step that out and love our neighbor as well. We're going to close in song, but I do encourage you, take time this week, look up the document, Ways to Share Hope, and in your small group, make that a part of your conversation of here's how I plan to, to share hope this summer. Here's something I'm going to do.